You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with Jeff Owen, who is the CEO and president of Josco. And let's learn about that. If you've never heard of this brand or, or you want to learn about it, that's why you're listening, right? So most, uh, really every parent tries to share some wisdom you know, with their kids, some of it about life, some of it about business. You know, our next guest here has a real gem uh, from his father, and it goes like this. Now, after attending UNCW and working three jobs throughout college, I thought my dad would hire me into the family business. Instead, he told me that I needed to first learn the business on someone else's dime. Now, that is some sage advice now, and it paid off, right? Jeff Owen ran with that advice, and after paving his own way in the sales world, he is now CEO and president of that family business. I think your father is a genius for doing that. Um, and it's it's interesting. We know your son, and he does not work for you. So isn't that <laughs> ironic how it gets passed down? But Jeff, really excited to learn about your journey and your story. Thank you so much, and welcome to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Jeff, appreciate it, man. We know you're a busy man. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time. Not too busy for you guys. Um, you're the man, dude. You're the man. Before we go full speed here, tell us a little bit about Josco and, and the business you're in. Yeah, so we're, we're two companies, Josco and Nation Sales. Um, we are basically a broker for brands out in the, out in the uh, automotive aftermarket and also other, other markets too, like dollar stores and hardware stores. But um, we are the sales team that goes out and sells manufacturers' products. So they hire us. We're a commissioned rep, um, just like a broker, um, and that's what we do. So we're, um, you know, it, it started with my dad back in the day, and and uh, he was working directly for a manufacturer, and they kind of put him into the rep business. So that's how how, how it all got started because he wanted to sell other brands besides just their one. And you're on a you're, you're on a national scale. It's not just locally here in Charlotte, right? We are, we are. We're in 16 states in Mexico, but our breath goes throughout the U.S., Puerto Rico, uh, Hawaii, uh, and Mexico. So um, it's everywhere. It's wherever the the customer stores are. Now, tell me, is this based here in Charlotte? Has it always been in Charlotte? It, it's always been in Charlotte. Um, when my dad started, he started with Rubbermaid Corporation okay. up in Ohio, and um, he, he was there, and he was inside sales. He wanted to be outside. Uh, he didn't like being in an office. So he actually moved to California, went to work for a company called Hollywood Accessories. And um, he, he, he liked the, the business, but he didn't like California so much. He wanted to raise a family down the road, so he wanted to get back east. Came back to Rubbermaid again. Um, they put him in outside sales, and he was kind of bored. So he said, would you mind me you know, going out and selling some other products? So he started going to work for other companies um, as a broker and uh, eventually moved back to Charlotte to start a family. Um, in uh, 1968 is when he started Josco. It was John Owen Sales Company at the time. So oh, that's where oh, the Josco stands for. I did look not know that. that. Yeah. So, so when, when he, we used to laugh about it, he said, so when I'm gone one day, is it going to stay John Owen Sales or what's it going to stay? And I said, well, it'll stay Josco. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's still short for it could be Jeff Owen sales company, yeah, too. So, right. But everyone knows us in, in the industry as Josco now. And that's the brand that we've built. How about so. that? I didn't realize that. And <clears throat> so your father sounds like he was uh, 
a freaking outstanding man, and and you and I have talked off record about yeah. the story there. Yeah. Would you mind sharing that? No, not, or at, is all. that... not at all. Okay. It's a uh, it's a real it... it's a real time Tommy Boy story. Um, if you watch the movie Tommy Boy, it's the same thing. So, you know, back in I started my career. Um, out of school, like I said, I thought I was going to work for my dad. I went three years. I worked four jobs in, in college and uh, didn't have a real good grade point average, but I uh, started a fraternity. You know, I was making plenty of money, and my dad finally said, you're coming home. And I was like, I can support myself. I'm good. And he's like, no, you're coming home. So um, he said, you're going to have to get a job. And I said, well, I want to work for, for you. And he said, you know, like I said in, in on our website, you know, you uh, you got to go work for someone else and, and waste their dime. Um, so I went to work for Advanced Auto Parts. I worked in the stores, worked uh, on the counter uh, with catalogs, and uh, got beat up a lot by the, the older guys oh, there. It was, imagine. you know, <laughs> you know, they they'd tell me they'd call on the other line and say, "Hey, uh, do you have a radiator for a Volkswagen Beetle?" Well, they didn't have one, you know, and I'd, I'd be looking through books for <laughs> half an hour, you know. But um, so any, anyways, uh, moving moving down the road, eventually, uh, after working for two different manufacturers, Advanced Auto Parts, my dad hired me in the business in 1993. And in uh, December 11th, 1996, I was actually up in Raleigh uh, at a fraternity brother's of mine at, at staying at his house and uh, got a call at 11 o'clock at night that my dad had been in an accident. So I came home, uh, didn't know what kind of accident. No one would tell me. Well, he had actually been shot in an attempted robbery uh, in Matthews. Uh, went to a Hornets game. Came back. He forgot something in our office. He uh, he saw we have tenants at our office that rent out from our uh, our our building, and uh, he saw a car over there he didn't recognize. So he parked across the street in a car wash. Well, unbeknownst to him, a guy was robbing a girl at ATM down the street. Had an AK forty seven. He bought for fifty bucks and uh, came down the street after he robbed her of five dollars and shot at her car. Um, pulled in and we think he tried to get in my dad's car. He wouldn't let him in. He shot him through the window. My dad actually drove himself from about a mile down the road to the hospital, walked in on his own until he collapsed, and they life-flighted him down to uh, you know, atrium here. So uh, he lived about six weeks and died January 26th. So that's when that's when mm. my my journey began. Uh, my God, and you yeah, were three years into the business. Three years into the business. I, I feel like the way everything happened and the way my dad was, and that's why I preface that in the, on our website is how he was, and you know wanted me to go out on someone else's dime. Is he prepared me? I mean, he definitely prepared me. Um, I worked for a customer, Advanced Auto Parts. I worked for two of the manufacturers we still have today, Bondo and McGuire's, um, and and then I worked in the territory, working for our company. So I gained the respect of our employees that were there at the time. So when I you know, that January 27th after he died, um, everyone said, what's going to happen? You know, uh, all our competitors were like, you're going to get bought out. You know, someone's going to buy you out. And every, all the other principals of the rep agencies like us that were our competitors, they they were all my dad's age. You know, they were 59, 60 years old. So I was coming in at 30 years old and and they were trying to eat us up. And first thing I did the first week was I fired a guy in our company um, and it was someone of significance at a big customer. And it kind of threw a signal out. Um, hey, these guys are serious. Uh, also, a, a, a guy that had been with my dad a long time, Charlie Park, a uh, great friend of mine, uh, made him vice president. He was loved in the industry, loved in our company. And that gave us a lot of uh, just a lot of credibility from the get go that we were bringing someone like that in to provide me some wisdom, some guidance. Um, and he he 
taught me a lot. And for the next, you know, five or so years, we we visited every manufacturer. We called them. We came out with a business plan, and and uh, we went to work. Um, we, wow. we we grew, so we had. You know, eight employees at the time, including me, um, in one office, and today we're 26 employees and five offices across the U.S. and, and Mexico. Oh, that's amazing. I want yeah. to ask you Unbelievable. the the challenge of obviously competitors, right? Mm-hmm. And and are they going to to buy us out or eat us alive? Can be a challenge. The other challenge that you had to unfortunately get thrown into was the team you had. Tell us about you know that experience of being thrown into that leadership position, whether you were ready or not, and how you got everybody on board. Because I can only imagine being in a business where your father is there, and let's say I've worked for your father for 12 years, and now all of a sudden he's gone, and now his 30-year-old son is taking over. Should I be getting my resume ready? Like, what's going sure. on? How did how was that experience? And I'm asking, honestly, selfishly, because yep. I just yeah. want to know, because I feel like that would have been a challenge. Clearly you were successful in that and you've done so well, but what was that like and, and how did you make it happen? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, Charlie, who was with us, I think he provided that strength and the, uh, just the backbone for our company at the time to give them, uh, the confidence that I could run the company. And he told them, Jeff's here, he's going to run the company. He's going to take charge. He's got a business plan. You guys hold on. We're going to roll. And that's what we did. Uh, we came out swinging. We did. We, uh, we made a lot of great moves really quick. Um, we hired some strategic hires. Uh, and that's one thing I credit with our company is we have the best people in the business. And, and it's not me that runs the company. It's not why we're successful. It's the people that are with us. Um, and I treat them all. We're all, you know, we have a hierarchy just for, for management and operations. But uh, when it comes down to the, the everyday business, we're all involved every one of the 26 employees is involved in every decision that we make as far as what manufacturers we carry, what products we're going to sell and all that. So I involved the whole team. Um, and we're a family. We're all, I've, I've hired every one of them now. I don't think we have any left that uh, my dad had hired. Um, so they're all my family and that's what I, I treat them like that. What that's was, amazing. um, when you, and I, how old is Gavin? Gavin is, uh, 27. So he was, he was born. Was he born when this happened? He, right he was born in 96. Okay. Yeah. So you had a brand new baby. Yep. And I now had twins. Twins. Twin? Yeah. twins. Yeah. Yeah. A daughter. She had a twin sister, Boy too. Boy and a girl. All right. Next yeah. question. And I always ask this because I'm a father of two. And sure. So, because this is going to be a good one. A lot of people, like for me, I was established, you know, not established, but I'd been with the Dunstan Group for a few years mm-hmm. before we had our first um, so there was no kind of craziness going on in your world. How did you juggle that? Um, how did you make time for your family while also knowing the amount of time you had to invest in that business to keep it alive and then grow it in that direction? And what advice do you give people? Cause I can only imagine it obviously takes a great woman. I know that's going to be the answer, but, <laughs> but what's your advice on that? Cause that's, that's a struggle. I mean, I'll, and I'll give you an example. Last night I have a rule when I come home, I, I, I put my phone away until my kids go to bed, right? Mm-hmm. I pick them up, I take them to school, I pick them up from school, and then it's their time. Good rule. Last night, I had a project that I had to get done. And U.S. soccer was playing at nine o'clock. So I was like, I got to get this done. And my wife looked at me and she's like, are you seriously working right now? And I looked at her and I was like, I just need this one night. Like, I just got it. This is our busy time. I just need it. And I've never asked that before. She's yeah. like, no problem. You, you're good to go, right? It's all about teamwork. It um, is. But that's got to be tough when you're it, just throwing the reins of a company and now you're trying to juggle 
and I'm a twin too, so yeah. God bless you, by the way. My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation, but it, it, it tell me hard. about that. Yeah, it, it was hard. Um, you know, I look back and, and um, one of the things that drove me and continues to drive me today is, is my dad always told me, and my dad was tough. He was, he was hard. Um, he always said no, no son ever makes it in a family business once they take over. I've, I live with that today. So you, you got to prove it. Yeah. My, my goal yeah. has been, you know, he ran the company for uh, 26 years, something like that. 26 years, 30 years, close to 30 years, 29 years. I'm sorry. Um, I've run it 26 years. So my goal has been to get to that 29 years to say, hey, I told you so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, and not to quit, not to retire. But coming back to your question. So, you know, that juggle was real with kids because I was very committed to making sure our company stayed open, making sure our employees held their jobs, making sure we kept every manufacturer that we were representing. Um, but I took that time that I had. One, one of the Probably one of the key things I ever did was um, if I was in town uh, during the week, I took one day a week to go eat lunch with my kids at their school. I learned who all their friends were. Um, and it used to start out where I'd go eat with my two kids, Gavin and Gabby. And uh, after about three or four weeks, I accumulated like two more kids. They're like, hey, we want to be a Mr. Owen. He's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the school year, we had like 12 to 15 kids. We'd had to put chairs around the tables, and the teachers were like, hey, we can't have any more kids at this table, you know. So, uh, you know, just staying involved. Um, and, and my favorite part of the day was coming home, and I we had a little wagon, a little red wagon in the garage. And, you know, the kids were small. So I'd put them in the wagon. And I'd have my phone with me because the phone was still ringing. Mm-hmm. It was oh, yeah. you know, 6 30, 7 o'clock at night. And I would take them through the neighborhood. It'd give my wife a break. Um, and it gave us some time, just some quiet time together. I was on the phone a little bit, but um, they love that. They look forward to that every day. And then every Saturday morning, it was Brugger's Bagels. So there's yeah. a plug for Brugger's. <laughs> and I can say, I've gotten to know Gavin really, really well. And we spend a lot of time together. I'm 46 years old, he's 27. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm hanging out with a 46. Like, he's, yeah. you've just done an amazing yeah, job you. raising your son. And I, you. I haven't gotten to know Gabby yet, but yep. I'm sure same thing. And uh, to, to know that you went through what you did mm-hmm. when they were young and still able to be engaged and all right. of that uh, is amazing, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Like you've Thank done you. a really, really good job. And I think that's pertinent to the Brand Builders podcast because we have a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders of companies and there's similar fabric between mm-hmm. leadership and and the messages we hear. Your story is extremely unique and and it's unfortunate but what you've done with such a tragic uh scenario is absolutely amazing, I man. I appreciate that. You you can ball up in a corner mm-hmm. or you can hit the gas and say, "Man, I'm going to I'm going to make my dad proud. Right. And, uh, and, and that's the, even that's today, I, yeah, even today, I still have that kind of that drive. mentality and that drive. Yeah. You know, I work in the office he was in, uh, still in his yeah. same office. So um, it's a reminder. I'm, I'm across the street from the car wash he got shot in. It's a reminder every day that I got to go to work. You know, yeah. I'm going to be there. And uh, I want to do it for the employees, too. I mean, I, I want to sure. uh, prove to them, hey, you know, they're going to be here for a long time. I want them to have a job, you know, until they retire. And that's our goal. I want, I want it to be sustainable. That's another strong point of leadership that, that I've learned is leaders aren't about themselves and their success. I think they take a lot of pride and understanding of 
uh, creating a path that that makes others really successful as well. And um, obviously, you possess that. It, yeah. it sounds like you've had some on your team that have been there a mighty long time. Right. And we're, we're going uh, through that transition, uh, you know, the last five years where we're bringing in, in younger folks now. Um, and it's fun to watch them grow and uh, see them successful and get rewarded. And, and we're all about rewarding, um, just like you guys are here. Um, it, whether it be hats, whether it be backpacks, whatever, you know, we just came back from Vegas and, and, uh, thanks to you guys, we re- rewarded our whole team with, with, uh, awesome. some nice goods, uh, uh, with hats and, and, uh, bags. And, um, they were, they were excited. I mean, we surprised them with it because last year we took a survey after our, our, our big meeting in Vegas and, uh, everyone, you know, gave us ideas and, Hey, we'd like backpacks. We'd like hats. We'd like, you know, all this. So we did. I like these people. Made it happen. <laughs> Damn right. Digital business yeah, cards. Let's go. Let's go. Let's we did. go. We did. I don't know that they know how to, how, how to work those, but, uh, <laughs> Hey, you tell them to call me. I'll, it's easy I'll once you do it. Real easy. Yeah. I love mine. I use it. So <laughs> yeah. I used it at the show in Vegas, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. What would you say are your biggest challenges, uh, today with the company and, and where you guys want to take it? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for all of us really uh, is consolidation um, in the marketplace, and it's happening everywhere. Um, that coupled with the economy and, and, and increased retail price points, the consumer is is getting squeezed. Um, we've had a really dynamic shift in, in our customer. Um, typically, the customer in the retail automotive side has been uh, $50,000 family and less. Um, during COVID, it's changed. And most of our customers now are $100,000 families, uh, income-wise. And um, so that's changed a lot. It's changed the buying habits. Um, convenience stores now, we, we learned that uh, most of the people that are going in convenience stores and buying products are making over $100,000 a year. It's not that under $50,000 income family. So uh, it's changed the mix of products. Um, uh, branded products now are are key, uh, mm-hmm. not so much private label anymore. Uh, used to be, that, you know, everyone was going after private label because it's cheaper. Um, the folks that are spending the money right now are the, the $100,000 income families and over. So, wow. uh, but yeah, uh, COVID was really interesting because with our business, we're on the, the, we call it the front room and the back room of a retail store. Front room being retail, air fresheners, waxes, all the glitz and glamour. And then on the back side is the hard parts, which is axles and starters and alternators and all that um the shift because of covid was no one was driving and everything that's behind the counter is equatable to miles driven there were no miles driven at that time so everything shifted to home do-it-yourself products so bondo body filler people bought a ton of it redoing redoing stuff at their house and, and painting and wax and polish and buffers and all of that stuff people were doing do it yourself products so all of that took off, um, and there was a, a shift to that. And now that people are driving again, not as much. It's what fifty percent occupancy in uh, in uh, corporate atmosphere now today in offices. So there's there's less people driving, but there's we still gained a share of new people in the DIY space that are doing home projects and learn to do things through YouTube and and other sources. So uh, it's it's been very interesting. But you know our our challenge will be continuing to grow um, within our space, um, continuing to grow the individual manufacturers that we have and adding SKUs at the at the retail level um, and the traditional level. We're on the traditional wholesale piece too. Um, and then diversifying into other markets like we've done with the dollar stores and Home Depots and 
home home repair, home uh, do it yourself uh, outlets. How many products would you say you guys distribute? Oh, uh, thousands. <laughs> yeah, thousands. <laughs> thousands. Interesting. Yeah. We're we're yeah. seeing consolidation in our industry too, and we're also seeing manufacturers and factories going back to the, having their own rep models mm-hmm. and getting rid of the manufacturing reps. Do you see any of that in your world, or is it still most effective for those manufacturers to work through a COVID was COVID was a good thing for us, yeah, um, because no one could travel, no right. one could get on on planes. We have offices at the retailers. So yeah. we were the feet on the street. Mm-hmm. We were those guys that, that they needed to be there every day. And, you know, behind the scenes, we were still having lunches and cocktails and, and meetings at our office mm-hmm. when they couldn't go to their office, um, our buyers. So um, that's been good for us. But, you know, even when I started in the business, my dad told me, he said, you know, hey, this thing could go, you know, people are going to go direct eventually, and I don't want to lead you down the wrong path and bring you in at a, at a bad time. But um I think there will always be a place for us um, because of the the value uh, for the sure. manufacturer. You know, to put 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 a guy on the road today and pay him a salary and a company car and health insurance and four hundred one k and everything else, um, it's it's cost efficient to hire us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing all that for our people, um, and and they're paying us a commission. So, and you have. On top of that, you have multiple offices, mm-hmm. right, in different cities, different states. And in some of those offices, you have showrooms where your client can come and actually see a sh- store set up with the products on the shelves, yeah, right? Yeah, correct, correct. Well, so, tell us a little bit about how that works and yeah, how so that, that was, adds value. Yeah, that was one of the things. You know, the the scenario of reps back 25 years ago was everyone thought we were a glorified taxi cab driver. You know, you pick up the manufacturer at the airport you take them to the customer and um, you go to your meeting and then you leave and you put them back on the airplane. And I got tired of hearing that. And I was like, we're going to change this. And and we probably made, we were probably the first ones to really start adding value added services. And it, and it, it started with the planogram rooms that we call them um, where the manufacturer can come in and work on their product, set it up for the buyer. And then they come over because typically in the past you go to the customer and you have 30 minutes in there. You don't have time to set up. They don't have a display to set it up on. We have it where we use the same fixtures that that actual store has. We have the same signage. It looks like a store inside our offices. So they can come in and set it up. The buyer can come in and see exactly what it's going to look like in their stores. And then they start, the greatest thing is watching them start moving products around on the shelf <laughs> and engaging with you and yeah. see, see how they want it to look in their stores. So that's been kind of cool. And then where we've really moved the last five years is heavily into data and analytics. So we, we provide reporting to our manufacturers, and also we help the buyers at, the, at our retail customers um, with managing their business and finding more value in it. Um, finding out, you know, where there's opportunities and where there might be concerns before they happen. Um, before that manufacturer comes in for a meeting and gets blindsided, we try to find problems within his program. And then we provide a solution for that uh, to help them grow their business and, and be sustainable. If there's like a warrantied product, do you guys have to manage warranties or is that the actual manufacturer? We don't. Yeah. But if there's a problem, we're the first line of contact. So that the buyer calls us if there's a problem um, and then we contact the manufacturer and then we, we help them provide a solution. Because, you know, when you have 6,000 stores or 10,000 stores and you have a product that doesn't work, you got a problem. <laughs> um, saying, and, yeah. And, and, and the buyer doesn't, you know, the buyer wants a solution right away. Um, right. And that's when we go to work and we work with our manufacturers and uh, we come up with a, a 
you know, uh, we, we problem solve. That's what we do mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Um, and it's for multiple vendors and multiple products. So, uh, yeah, I, we're very similar uh, from a business model when it comes to, you know, how do you react when things go wrong, right? And and the reality of it is it's it's really, and Scott says this all the time, adversity creates opportunity. Mm-hmm. And in our world, look, we, we think we're amazing at what we do, but there's a lot of things that can go wrong. There's a lot of things that we can't control, but it's really how we react to that because the bottom line is our customer needs to be happy. When you look at opportunities like that, and you don't have to give me an example but do you feel that that customer service, that attention to detail, immediately getting on the phone with that buyer, figuring out what's wrong, and then coming up with solutions that will happen is what's not only kept your business alive, but what makes you different? Absolutely. And, and the people that we have hired are problem solvers. Mm-hmm. And, and you know when we interview them, we go through scenarios like that to talk to them about, hey, what would happen if? And that's really important because you know a lot of salespeople will defend, mm-hmm. and, and that's the worst thing you can do. Um, you got to commiserate with that customer and, and, you know, give them a hug yep. uh, and say, Hey, we're going to work this out. And that's what we've done. So, uh, it, it happens, it does happen. And, and you guys are very similar to us where, you know, people order stuff, you depend on someone else to ship it to your customer and some things do go wrong mm-hmm. and, uh, you got to figure it out. I've, I've driven, I remember when I was in the territory, when I first started with my dad, I had, you know, shipments that didn't make it to a customer. I'd go to another customer say, Hey, can I, can I take like this pallet and can I get this, <laughs> yeah. you know, I got to borrow we, this. We do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you do what you got to yeah, do. That's and, right. and that's part of being a good salesperson and being a problem solver. And, uh, if you just sat on it and said, Hey, they just made a mistake. I'm sorry. You know, you're going to lose that customer. Yeah. So. They're gone. Well, in our world, we got all the UPS and FedEx guys' cell phone numbers. So, I mean, we, <laughs> we, get we, we, get, yeah. Yeah, we, we real tight. <laughs> I mean, we're real yeah. tight. We have a candy jar on yeah. our counter in our office. <laughs> yeah. You got to work hard yeah. to get those numbers, have, too, oh, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they're not just passing those out. <laughs> we, we have a UPS guy that actually stops by, and I'm like, where's your boxes? He said, I came by for the candy. Yeah. <laughs> and he stops by our office to get candy, so it's great. You build relationships yeah, with you people, do. man. That's you what do. it's all about at the end of the day. It's... So I want to ask you, you, you have twins. Um, they're both doing things that are different. Mm-hmm. Is there a plan or has there been ever conversation with uh, with Gavin? Is Gabby? Is that Gavin and Gabby? Gavin and Gabby. Gabby. And I, have, I have stepdaughters too. Stepdaughters yeah, too. So we got a whole yep, house got, full. Yep, we do. So what's the plan on that? Well, Is they're out of the house, thank goodness. Oh, that's yeah. so empty nester. <laughs> they're <laughs> all self-sustainable. Are we going to yeah. see Gavin in the, in the future or, or what are the thoughts around that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You, I didn't want to put that pressure on him. You know, I, I've thought about it and I've thought about how how I was with my dad mm-hmm. um, and the pressure I've had even to this day and he's not here. Um, I don't know if I want that dynamic with him as we get older. Yep. Um, you know, if I was to retire and he was to buy me out, you know, I don't want to be calling him and going, well, hey, where's my check? And, yeah, he, but. and he tells me, hey, we lost half the business today. You yeah. know, <laughs> that's not a good thing. So yeah, not, not that he good, would do that. Yeah, I have, I yeah. have a lot of confidence in him. But, right. uh, you know, if it were any of the kids coming yeah. in the business, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I want them to have that stress that I've had mm-hmm. the last, you know, 30 years. And, and like I tell my wife, uh, Maria, you know, from age 30 to 50, I don't, I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah. I was on the run. I mean, mm-hmm. I was traveling foot on, the gas. Was foot on the gas and, yeah. and travels. And a lot of my friends who probably listened to this eventually, they'll probably tell you, they didn't see a whole lot of me. I mean, I kind of lived in my little hole and I, I knew I had to survive and I was on planes all the time and, uh, just did what I had to do. 
So, mm-hmm. um, it w- you know, our business is like yours. You just have to keep creating new ideas and value-added services um, to keep your customers happy. You have to be different than your competitor, and that's been our goal the whole time, is just being different. And, and I challenge our folks all the time, look, I don't want to just give them what they want. I want to wow them. Yeah. I want to wow right. every single customer and every manufacturer that we represent. That's what we try to do. Give them over and Very above. hard to do. It is hard, hard to do. But you're right. Foot on the gas all the time because the minute yeah. you let off of it, someone else is hitting Correct. it. Correct. You know, Correct. and that's that's what keeps you up at night. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you a personal question okay. here. So um, both of my parents are still married, still alive, and um, I talk to them on the way to work, on the way back from work, my mom's like, do you miss me? Like, I'm like, yeah, I just want to talk to you. <laughs> um, but I've also been blessed to work with Scott and Scott lost his mother at a very young age. And I think Scott's philosophy in life is to not only make her proud, but understand that every day could be your last, right? Mm-hmm. Understand that, you know, really there's no room in life for, for the bullshit, right? right? You know, treat yeah. people right, yep. you know, be a good person, connect the dots, um, everything isn't as crazy as you think it is. And I'm a very mm-hmm. emotional person. I yeah. mean, Scott knows this. I'll walk in thinking the world's ending. And he's like, chill <laughs> out. And then I'm like, all right, you're right. You're right. Or just an easy scenario where maybe me and my control mom have the a, controllables. Yeah. That's, or maybe even me and my true. mom have a conversation and we don't, you know, agree, or she's telling me how, you know, I need to parent. And, mm-hmm. and I, I catch myself maybe complaining about that. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember quickly, like, I at least get to have the conversation, right? right. And so both yeah, of you sitting true. in this room, you know, you don't get to have that conversation. And I guess really my question is you took the reins at such a young age. Um, and, and I just want to ask you now, you think about it all the time. Cause I've seen some quotes. Do you feel that your dad is looking down on you and he's proud of where you're at? Good. Every day. Yeah. I ask him questions every day. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, you know, awesome. and, and I actually <laughs> certain decisions I've made, that I don't think he'd like. I can hear him in my, in my ear. <laughs> you <laughs> idiot! <laughs> so I close my door. I'm like, <laughs> I do. I, I, I know he's uh, not today, Dad. I gotta. We gotta. We gotta make this happen. That's great. It's funny. I, I hear it all the time in the back of my head. Every decision I make, it's it's always there, and and that's part of you know. That's that's what it's all about with your family and your mm-hmm. and your parenting. That's what that's what groomed you, and that's what brought you up and made you who you are today. And you're gonna take. Bits and pieces of it, maybe not all of it, because you're going to be influenced by friends and, and other people you work with, like mm-hmm. Scott. Um, and that's what makes everyone so uh, interesting, is that you're not just like your parents. You're a piece of them, but you're also a piece of everybody else around you and that you've grown up with and the people that have influenced you. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, my mom's she's 86. She's still alive. And I talk to her every morning. I talked to her on the way here this morning. And, uh, you know, she's... Doesn't have the stress I have, obviously. So some of her conversations, they're kind of funny because I'm yeah. I start my day and I'm on the phone taking care of problems and solving and everything, and then she calls and yeah, you know, she's like, "Hey, they've got an ice cream truck out here in the parking lot at the retirement home, <laughs> and it's got something on the side of the name. Can you look it up real quick?" I'm like, I'm, I'm getting ready You're to like, get on a get on uh, a Zoom with 3M Corporation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can I call you back? Or, you know, yeah. let me It'll tell you only about take the, a second. I just but, need yeah. you to Google something. Yeah, uh, let me tell you about Fred, the guy at the gate. You know, he gave me a hug today, and some of that stuff. You know, I sit back and I'm like, I, I want to take it in and I need to mm-hmm. not yeah, just kind of blow sure. over it because it is important. And those are the things you miss with your parents. But mm-hmm. one thing I want to <laughs> do, I'd love to do is interview my mom is, you know, uh, Pat McCrory, a friend of mine who was the governor of North Carolina. He, he told me 
um, you know, the best thing you could do is interview your parents because you're going to learn things you don't know about them. And uh, I wish I would have had the chance to do that with my dad. And I have my mom alive, so I'd still what like to do that. great idea. Maybe we'll do it here one day. Well, I we mean, all do it. We, hey, this is we yours. Should all do it. Yeah, do it. We should. You we start should another business. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, start a, let's start another podcast. That's interesting. Well, we've never it's had your dad. I thought about having my dad on for that. sure, but it would be funny to have my dad and mom. But and then have your dad on? That'd be wild. But Tommy, asking them questions Tommy, about yeah. their childhood. You know, you don't oh, yeah. always sit down and just, you've asked them questions before, but it joggles their mind as to other stories. And my mom was, we went out to eat the night before last, and she told me a story I hadn't even heard before. And uh, I, I, it just reminded me I need to do that. I want to do that, you know, before she's gone. Well, you uh, have a platform right here. That's okay. so what easy. you do with that, you take that and, and you uh, turn that over to your kids one day. And then they have that of their grandparents and, and they can pass it down. So you should do it with your whole family. You know, we um, awesome. we yeah, had a, a guy idea. on our podcast, Purple Heart Holmes. His name was Dale Beatty. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this because he came on our podcast and he ended up passing away a couple of weeks later oh, wow. uh, before we'd even released the podcast. Had young kids uh it was a crazy mess no health or no no life insurance Mm. um but was a veteran who did amazing things and and it was unfortunate but when he passed away we didn't know what to do with the podcast because it's like Mm. we just recorded this podcast of a person that thinks their life is going to you know right be there and we we heard back and they wanted us to release it on the day of his funeral and so we did and so a lot of people listen i went to the funeral i actually listened to the podcast on the way there and it was so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Not only how he talked, but he said, you know, Purple Heart Homeless will be here long b- before, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gone. And, and, and basically it was like this conversation and you're thinking, God already knew, right? you know, right. like, yeah. and, but the gold around that is not only Purple Heart Homes, they've continued to grow with the leadership mm-hmm. that they have, but if they're ever down, they have the ability to look, listen to that, right? Yeah, His kids absolutely. now have a recorded 40-minute conversation two weeks before he mm-hmm. passed away, talking about them, talking about Purple Art Holmes, his life, his struggles, vision his vision, where he wanted yeah. to go. you know, yeah. all of these yeah. things. This guy lost both his legs mm-hmm. in war, yeah. and he was one of the most positive people ever. And that was the moment I knew we've created something super powerful and something that's super important. And um, I love the idea. So that's you can, cool. that's we're bringing cool. your mom in here yeah. and we'll set it up, man. We'll make that happen. That's we're gonna awesome. Bring her in here. I'll tell you a story real, real quick. And, and just talking about that, what happened to him, you know, my dad, um, the morning after he was shot, I was down here in the hospital and, and uh, sitting there and I got a call from a, a banker and, uh, and this will make everyone think about wills and estate plans. And she called and said, uh, Mr. Owen, I've been working with your dad for like a year on his wills and estate plans. And he was supposed to be at the bank at nine o'clock this morning to sign all his wills. No kidding. They had like six people there, attorneys and bankers and everything. So they ended up, long story short, they ended up coming down to the hospital. My dad was in the trauma room. He was in a coma. And his wills got signed uh, with a wiggle of a finger, his pinky. And a, and a uh, nurse being the power of attorney Got to, wow. to, to witness his will. So our company, everything, you know, it's what? little things like that that you just, wow. you never think about. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and you look, don't want to think about it. You don't want to think plan about for it. And, yeah. and I look back to, you know, my dad offered me a job with a company um, before I took it the first, the second time. Uh, and it was in Nashville and it, it wasn't making as much money. I was working at McGuire's. I just got a house. I, it wasn't. You know, yeah. what enough money? And I told up. him. So he was mad at me. He didn't talk to me for like six months. So uh, yeah, eventually came on board in in, in uh, 93. And um, 
in in 97, after all this happened, I was like, wow, what would have happened to the, the company, the legacy and all of that? Timing. And, and yeah. you know, t- coming back to to the guy that came in here, Dale. Mm-hmm. Was it his yeah, name? Dale Beatty, yep. Um, you know, every day is a gift. You know, we all got to look at it that way. And, and, and I do now, for sure. Um, from 30 years old, mm-hmm. you know, I've made my wills then. Yeah. So uh, you don't want to think about those things, but you want to leave a legacy and, and you want to take care of your family. So... Um, really crazy story, but wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for the reminder because it is very important. <laughs> yes, it is. Especially if the kiddos are in the picture and yeah. the wife. And yeah. Brian's got to get those new TVs for his house. And That's right. Business That's gotta right. Got those so. new 85s. <laughs> you weren't, we spo- buy you weren't, package. We need you to weren't supposed to say the size on live air, but, you know, I'm trying to. <laughs> hey, man, go big and go home and even put happen, one in the bathroom. You know I mean? yeah. um, thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I'll, I'll close it kind of at this as well. We were uh, blessed to hear Kyle Carpenter speak uh, last week, and he is um, uh, a Marine who jumped on top of a grenade back in mm-hmm. 2010 uh, to save his fellow mar- Marines. And he ended up surviving. He actually lives in Uptown Charlotte, mm-hmm. which we learned and didn't know that. But one of his quotes that he said, and if you ever get a chance to hear him speak, go. Uh, but was this is every day is a gift and it's up to you to make the most of it. And one of the stories that he talked about was when he was back at home and he had all these issues and nerve damage and all this crazy stuff. And he broke down because he couldn't basically make a bowl of cereal had made a whole mess. And his mom walked up to him and he said, how is anybody going to love me again? Right. And he said, I looked in my mom's eyes and I I knew that I'd taken that hope from her. Hmm. And he talked about, it's something I'll never forget because now he knows that every day is a blessing. He knows that he shouldn't be here. And the story and the message that he sent to this entire group was so powerful. Mm. But I think it's just one of those things, and you understand this more than most, is that one day your father was here and one day he was not. And that's all of us. You get one life, you get one chance. There is no... You know, second chance, you're not a cat. Like the reality is, is this is it. (laughs) And you don't know. You know, I look at my three-year-old now. And I think if something were to happen to me now, he never would have known who I was. Like, yeah. and, and think of the three years of experiences that I have. So when your mom's telling mm-hmm. you a story that, well, you know what? My son will know none of the stories of his life so far. Right. Right. So yeah. like at the same time, it terrifies me. Like, what if I wasn't here? But at the other side of it, yeah. I'm preparing because what if right. I wasn't here? Mm-hmm. Do I have the life insurance to take care of my kids? Have I built a network that would support my family? Have I done what I need to do that if today is my last day, they're in a good position? And I hope I live for forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's just kind of the reality that we live in. And I think everybody in this room does create and and um and and takes a part of every day as a gift and that's my challenge to everybody man forget the bullshit like love people be nice wake yeah. up if you wake up in the morning it's your choice if it's a good day yeah. but guess what you're alive it's a good day yeah my mantra has always been be proactive not reactive 100 percent and and you know be stay ahead of everything and that's the same way with our team our sales team is you know be proactive don't wait for something to blow up call call the customer <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and the same thing with life, mm-hmm. um, just like we're talking about. Be proactive um, and be prepared, mm-hmm. right? And, and prepare those around you yeah. um, because you never know. I love right? it. So. Man, Jeff, this has been awesome. Congratulations Very on the inspiring. success. Congratulations on raising twins. We didn't even talk about that. But being a twin, my wife wanted twins. And I was like, hell no, we ain't doing that. <laughs> like, I'll take one at a time, please. She's like, it'd be so nice. Yeah. I'm like, I was a twin. Okay. Wow. I know. I know exactly what the trouble now it was me and my brother so we were same same but um 
It's pretty wild. Well, we, we got a great family and, um, you know, uh, Gavin and Gabby and Christine and Caroline all, we, you know, they, Christine and Caroline have been with me since they were very young. Uh, so they're, you know, they're my children as mm-hmm. well. And uh, they all, you know, they're, they're all one big happy family and it's, it's been great. So it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. I love it. Well, uh, cheers to uh, the the future and everything else. And uh, like we always say, please like, share, and comment. Uh, congratulations on on what you've been able to do and and really overcoming you know a family tragedy and and making your father proud, but your employees proud, the manufacturers proud. You should be proud. Thank of yourself. you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your your guys' time and inviting yeah, me. And uh, this is a great format. Well, love to be here. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate yeah. that. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award winning Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.